0: Just put it on the floor. Thank you, sweetie. Do <laughs> you know what today is? Pentecost Sunday. Yeah. You know, it, what's interesting is uh, some time ago, I think it was Christmas the last time I spoke here, I said, you know, if, if God allows me, I'd like to speak on uh, Psalm 13. And uh, I thought, Pentecost Sunday, Psalm 13. I I should really do something for Pentecost Sunday. And Jim kept saying, I told you to speak, or the Lord kept saying, I told you to speak on Psalm 13. And I'm thinking, Lord, how do they go together? And then voila, he showed me. You know, we have 2,000 years or better since, since uh, Pentecost took place. But let me give you a, uh, um, give you a mathematics lesson this morning. Uh, I certainly did not major in mathematics, but anyway, Easter, excuse me, um, uh, Pente- pa- Passover, was, we, we really believed that that was the day that the Lord died. That was the day he died on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead. 40 days later, he ascended into heaven, okay? So if my math is right, Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover. So the disciples, that left a week, right? Seven days for them to wait because you remember in the book of Acts, he said, wait, wait until I come. So for seven days, I don't know how many, there were 120, day, 120 people on the day of Pentecost, So, however many there were for that seven days, I can just imagine some of them saying, how long, O oh Lord? Isn't that interesting? That's how Psalm 13 starts. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take sorrow in my heart? How long must I never trust your memory when you're my age? How long must I take counsel in my soul? and have sorrow in my heart all the day, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But, but, I have trusted in your steadfast love, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. Psalm thirteen. You realize that some of those people that were waiting, <laughs> I could just imagine they were scared to death. You know, we have two thousand years. We don't even think about that. Any, hardly any. Uh, fear today of being a Christian that we're going to be. But you know, back then they didn't know whether they were going to live through the day. Let alone, when is the Lord going to come? How long? And then, all of a sudden they went from despair to elation you know david had a lot of problems you know they were after him you know you, you think of abimelech was after him you think of all the different people that were after david and he had all kinds of problems and so he writes this song i don't exactly know exactly when he had the problems and caused him to write this song but you realize what he did he went from despair elation and that's what happened at Pentecost you know they had the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20 he tells them he breathes on them and says receive the Holy Spirit but you know what they lacked they lacked power that's where we are today we have the Holy Spirit but we lack power why I don't know for sure It might be because of a lot of things, but God doesn't choose to pour out that Pentecostal experience like he did then, but we do have the power, we do have the Spirit. But you know, what I see in this psalm is I see three basic, (laughs) it was nice of David to put it into three different passages for me, there's verses one and two, verses two and three and four, verses four and five, five and six. We see David's, um, we see his self-talk. We see David's um, um, solution, no, excuse me, David's supplication, and then we see David's uh, solution. So we have those three. Let's look at David's self-talk. What is self-talk? That's why I had uh, that sweet lady read those two passages. Did you notice what they all started with? They thought to themselves. That's called self-talk. I told my wife one time that I talked to myself, and I think she was ready to get the boys in the white suits. But you know what? We all do. Um, you're saying something to yourself right now. It's just simply called self-talk. Do you realize how many books have been written about your self-talk? I wrote down just a couple of them. I I, I was amazed. I looked it up. You know, what did we do before we had cell phones? I just looked up how many books on self-talk. Boom, they all popped up. Soul talk, self-talk, you are not what you think. Get out of your own way. The science of self-talk, that must be really good. (laughs) One of my favorites, I read it years ago. It was called um, Telling Yourself the Truth. It said that you lie to yourself all the time. I've, I've lost my keys and I know I can't find them. And you'll convince yourself that you can't find them because your self-talk says I can't find them. Interesting book. But anyway, what did David tell himself? You know, I, I, I look at this august group and I say, you, you've never had this problem. But think of the people who tell themselves lies. Things like, if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. You've never said that, I know. I have, but you haven't. Um, I've got some more down here. I should always be happy. Uh, you believe that? i got some land to sell you. I don't want anybody to know that I have doubts. Um, if I fell coming up these steps, everybody would laugh at me. If you really, um, uh, of course, this is the best one. I'm the only one that ever feels like this, right? That's self-talk. You know, in the Bible, there's a lot of self-talk. I just picked out two of them. And, And what's very fascinating to me is that there's a few positive ones, but you know what? Most of them are negative. For every one that's positive, there's three or four that are negative. Why? Well, for some strange reason, we enjoy putting ourselves down, I guess. I'm not altogether certain. But there's another point in this. He says, uh, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Well, come on. How could God forget anybody? I mean, after all. Remember what he said about the children of Israel? Jeremiah said, I'm like, I'm like your mother. I'll never for- Your mother might forget you, but I never will. God could never possibly forget. Um, how long will you hide your face from me? God sees everything and is everywhere present at the same time. How could he possibly? How long must I take counsel in my soul? See, now that's the self talk. How long must I think about these things that are going on in my mind? Because when I do, I have sorrow in my heart all the day. Come back here. You know what? I forgot that I even had to have a mic, he had to bring it up to me. Don't get old. I'll tell you, it has terrible things. (laughs) Here's the claim How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Now, here's your quiz. Who's the enemy? You know what? Could be Saul. I mean, Saul wanted him dead, Saul hunted him down, so it could be Saul. Um, It could be Satan. You know, I, I always read all the commentaries I can get my hands on, and they're good ones, and they're the best, and they all agreed this, that the enemy was Satan. Leave it to me to disagree, but anyway, could be Satan. Everybody agrees, could be Satan. Who else could it be? Well, let's see, it could be, uh, um, could be death. Death is the big enemy. Uh, it, you know what? It, it could be Ahithophel. Um, Ahithophel was, you remember, was Bathsheba's uncle, and we don't know how long he dis- he was upset with David after David's um, problems. And you know, it could have been Absalom. Absalom wanted to kill him, but you know what? I think it was David. I think David was his own worst enemy, and I think David's self-talk was his problem. You know, what what really prompted me to to, to want to talk on this was um, I, one of the privileges that I had. You know, when I came here, I uh, Bill Mallow did everything, and so I didn't have much to do. So. I, he would give me all the committees. And so I, every night I had a different committee in the week to meet. And, and what I what weren't there, I even made some more. So Bill said the one thing that would please him about heaven is there'll be no committees. But um, uh, I, I decided, well, maybe, maybe if I could do some counseling. And uh, there was one church in town that I think I knew every member. Now, why didn't they go to their own pastor? Why didn't they talk to their own friends? Why did they come to me? Well, you see, their self-talk told them that if anybody found out, they would be looked down upon because they had some kind of a doubt or because they weren't perfect. And that lady, I loved her. She was a sweet lady. She said she had committed the unpardonable sin, and boy, was I thankful. I was gonna find out what it was. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to, you know, and I thought, no, 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 no. no. This lady is really, she's hurting. She was like David. She was hurting. So I, through God's grace, he gave me Psalm 13. And I read it to her, I said, who's the enemy? And she went through all that list. And then finally she says, I think I'm my own worst enemy. That's all it took. When she realized what she had been telling herself, she realized, no way. <laughs> well, I could go on because she really, she really blossomed after that. God was so good to her. Well, anyway, I think that's the problem with self-talk. But you remember, that's, that's the downside. David ends up with being elated. He ends up being just as happy as he can be. So what's the in-between? Well, it's supplication. What's supplication? It's prayer. So David prayed. David just simply decided It's time to pray. Now, I've learned something. I've learned that, you know, when it's the toughest time to pray? I I thought maybe, you know, I ought to walk just once so that I look like John. (laughs) I'll never be as good as John, but I can at least look like John. We love you, Jim. Well, anyway, I'm really not tied to my notes because I don't even know where I am. But anyway, I don't even know where I was. The toughest time to pray is when you're really in despair. And that's when you need to pray the most. That's when you need to really start praying. But that's the toughest time. But that's what David did. He began to pray. I remember, I remember before I came here years ago, I had a different life. It was in an organization called Brigade. We have it here on Wednesday nights. Fabulous, great program. But anyway, um, I remember taking a group of guys one time and was on top of a mountain. That morning when we woke up, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. There was clouds about Oh, I guess about two thousand feet below us, and it, and you couldn't see any you couldn't see through them. We were above the clouds, like flying in an airplane only we were on top of a mountain and uh, and then there was a break, and I saw this one house, and I could see the smoke coming up out of the chimney, and it got to a certain height, right where those clouds were, and it just spread out. and I thought boy, that's the way my prayers are sometimes when I'm in despair. They don't go all the way up. And I could see why David said, how long, oh Lord? How long? Did you notice that he says, light up my eyes? Well, you see, when we're in despair, that's darkness. There's some, some kind of a connection between darkness and despair. You feel the presence of darkness. Light up my eyes or I'll sleep the sleep of death. What he's literally saying is light up my eyes or, or I'm, I'm just simply, I'm going to be separated from you. And that would be awful. I don't want that. And my foes will rejoice because I'm shaken. I love that. My foes will rejoice because see, I told yourself that you were in trouble. I told you it was all your fault. I told you you were no good. And my foes will see me in that condition, and they'll just love, they'll love it. But But, but God. you remember? Remember a guy by the name of Joseph? His brothers come to him and said, our dad told us that you should treat us good. Our dad told us that that you shouldn't hold it against us that we sold you into slavery. Our dad told us that you better be good to us. And David said, or excuse me, Joseph said, you meant it for harm. God meant it for good. And that's what happened to David. That's when he moved from despair to elation. He remembered, but God. Now, what did he remember? Well, he remembered that it was, let me read it to you. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has dealt bountifully. me. Do you realize what we've had? We've had four how-longs. We've had three less, L-E-S-T-S. We've had two remembrances. And we're going to have one resolution. And the two remembrances but I will trust in your love. He didn't say I will. I have trusted in your love. Now, one of the reasons why I picked that particular passage for her to read was Hezekiah. I want to read that again. This is a picture of human love. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till the day uh, shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and some of your own sons who shall be born to you shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Did you ever notice when you read the book of Daniel, that Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego, you don't read about their children. You know why? Because that prophecy was fulfilled, that's why. Here's the clinker. The word that you have spoken is good, for he thought to himself, self-talk, For he thought to himself, why not if there's peace and security in my day? I never realized, I had no hunch how selfish love can be until you lose someone you really love. And all of a sudden you realize She was good for me. Did you notice the emphasis? I didn't say I was good for her. I said she was good for me. Do you realize what Hezekiah said? Wow, it's gonna be happy in my days. What do I care? Down the road. I'll let them handle it down the road. That's what we call Selfish love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's God's love. And you notice what it is? It's a giving love. It's a love that doesn't think of itself. It's a love that belongs only to God. Do you know what heaven's going to be like? You talk about elation. Let me tell you something. Heaven is going to be where we are so filled with God's love that we couldn't possibly say anything unkind about anybody or think any unkind thoughts because we are going to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. And the power that we don't have today is going to be unbelievable in in our lives. Why? Because we're going to be made in His image, and we're going to have it completely. As for me... I'll behold your face in righteousness when I awake. I'll be satisfied with your likeness because I will be like you. That's God's love. That's kased. And not only that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rejoice in your salvation. Notice, notice, he didn't say, I'm going to rejoice in my salvation. Boy, that would be bad. It's not my salvation. It's God's salvation. I only have it because he first loved me. I only am there because of his grace. I am only there because of who he is, not because of who I am. I can think of a whole lot more reasons for you to be saved than me. Somewhere here I've got that verse. There it is. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And then, not all he says i will sing to the lord for he has dealt bountifully with me you know one of the greatest things you have going for you is your own history i have a i have a son that is prone to depression i don't wish that on anybody but his way of uh, of trying to overcome it is he sits down and writes a page of, of thanksgiving and a page of praise. He just simply starts the day by telling God how much he appreciates what he's done for him. Do you do that? You should. It's one of the greatest things you have going for you. Do you think that you got a job promotion because of who you are and because you're good or who knows what. You got it because God's favor rested upon you. You're better than you thought you are because you have God working for you. Think about it for a minute. The Lord Jesus loved you so much he died for you. How could anyone show more love greater love has this. No man has that kind of love who would lay down his life for his friend, for his brother. But God while we were yet sinners died for us. May all rejoice and be glad in you. May all who Love your salvation, say evermore, God is great. Would you say that with me? If you love God's salvation, would you say with me, God is great. Now, supposing that you're a baseball fan and your favorite baseball player, Hit a home run with the bases loaded. And the game is won. What would you say? God is great. Or would you say, God's great. <laughs> Let's say it together God, God is, is great. great. One more time. God, God is, is great. great. Why? Because we deserve it now. Why? Because God is great. Father, we thank you for who you are. We love you for who you are. We treasure you for who you are. Oh God, help us to trust in your love. Help us to feel your presence. Help us, oh God, to seek your face. We pray in Jesus' name.